Hello, my beautiful audience. What is going on? I feel like it's been forever since I recorded one of these things. You, of course, are listening to Pass the Time Podcast with me, AJ. You know who I am. Why should I say it? I don't know. Maybe there's a new listener? I don't know. I'll just get back on track here. So the last episode I released last week was just uh, kind of a... a hangout episode, me and a couple of my buddies. Um, I liked the episode. I didn't like the sound quality as much as I like recording in a studio here, but I think it went all right. If you didn't uh, check that one out, we read Annie 96 is typing, and that's one of my favorite creepypastas. Because, yeah, you can't really mess up grammar in a creepypasta when it's just like an MSN conversation. So it was pretty awesome. But enough about the old episodes, we're recording a new episode today, so let's talk about that. So, a little while ago, I recorded a Can You Survive the Zombie Apocalypse cast, which was a choose-your-own-adventure reading, and I think we're going to do that again, of course, choosing a different direction to go this time. I think we tried to catch a cab last time and ended up at a bar, and things did not really work out for us, so hopefully we get a good scenario this time where we don't die, but you know what? It's a... It's all in the cards. We don't know what we're getting. But other than that, I have a shitload to talk to you guys about today because, well, I feel like I haven't done one of these in a while, so uh, a lot has been stewing in my brain, and a lot of shit has happened. So before I get into my horror fix, I think I'll tell you about my amazing birthday weekend, which was, I think it was last weekend? Yeah, just last weekend. So last weekend was my birthday weekend, and... The weekend started off pretty miserably. So we drive out to the States, me and my girlfriend, which I'm so pumped. I love going to the States, cheap beer, great food, and we can't find our hotel. We're staying at this crappy hotel. I didn't know it was crappy at the time. It's called Roadway Inn, and we book on Hotwire, so it's a little roll of the dice for which hotel you get. So after looking for this hotel for about an hour, we finally find it with the help of a nice bystander in the states and we get there and it literally felt like we pulled up into the ghetto there were people barbecuing outside the front of the hotel people working on their car like like they would in their garage there was tools everywhere and the hotel looked like crap I mean the guy that worked there super nice guy so I don't want to give this guy a bad rap but oh man the hotel didn't look so nice so We get inside, and I go to the, well, we check in. They didn't ask for my credit card or an ID, which I found was kind of sketchy. And uh, so we get our key cards, go into the room, and there's a light on in the hotel room, which, which I finally, or which I learned from my girlfriend, is a sign of bed bugs because they come out in the dark, so if the lights are off when you go in, they're gonna be out. So we went and pulled up the sheets just, just to check for bed bugs because we're gonna turn off the light and then turn it back on. And as we did that, there was stains all over the sheets. Um, the bathroom was pretty miserable, so we decided we were just gonna cut our losses and book a new hotel. And so that's all good. We get out of there. We book a good hotel and mood's starting to get back up again. Oh, we're in the States. Good time. Then my girlfriend seemed to have lost her phone. And of course, where would it be but back in that sketchy hotel? And so I went to go pick it up at about 11 o'clock at night. So now it's pitch blackness out and I have to go back to the sketchy hotel. I pull back up. It's deja vu. The same people are barbecuing. Now it's it's five hours later. It's like 11 o'clock. It's crazy. They're still having this barbecue. Same guy's still working on his car. It's pitch black. I don't know what he could see. He didn't have a flashlight or anything. So I'm like, what is going on here? But I pull up, and the guy couldn't be nicer. He gave me my girlfriend's phone, and I just got the hell out of there. It was very sketchy, and yeah, that's the way you want to kick off your birthday weekend. Staying in a sketchy hotel, stained sheets, bed bugs. Just love it. Don't you? Yeah, I'm glad I got out of there. But considering it was my birthday, I thought I might tell you guys about some of the amazing gifts I got. I don't think I've ever gotten better gifts than I have for a birthday than I have this year. It was just amazing. I mean, I got uh, I, well, I got a pre-order of the new NHL 16, the Ultimate Edition, of course. Need to get those... Uh, packs for hut um yeah if you guys have a ps4 feel free to add me my uh, psn is jp loss fan i believe that's my psn 
And yeah, I'll play some NHL with you guys, maybe some Call of Duty or something. It's a good time. But back onto the story. I got that. I got um, some awesome pop vinyls. Um, I'll start off with what Daniel got me. I think I posted some pictures on the um, Facebook and Instagram accounts. But my buddy Dan from Pop Culture Convo got me two pop vinyls, a Deadpool X-Men. So the color schemes are different. He's uh, blue and yellow, just like the Cal Bears, who I love. And a Jon Snow, uh, the wall Jon Snow. Not just regular Jon Snow. He's on the wall. He's wearing the cool shit. And he also got me a Night in Terror Tower, the VHS, uh, Goosebumps VHS, which is awesome, added to my collection. And a couple of uh, Goosebumps books. I believe it was Bride of Slappy and um, Invasion of the Body Squeezers Part 2, because I only had Part 1 from Series 2000. So I love that stuff. Thank you, Dan. And then I also got two more pop vinyls from my buddy Ro, who's also been on the podcast, Jordan Rowe, big fan of the Wrong Turn movies. He got me uh, two Family Guy ones, uh, Peter and Stewie, which were awesome. He also got me the Pitch Perfect 2 soundtrack. Now, I know you guys may not like Pitch Perfect, and if you don't like it, what's wrong with you? Movies are hilarious, music's good, and there are very hot ladies in those movies. So if you haven't seen the Pitch Perfect movies, get on that right now. Bumper is the best. I love you, Bumper. So funny. Workaholics. Ah, so good. But also, uh, one of my favorite things that I got from Roe was that he gave me, um, instead of a card, he just gave me a Miller Lite bottle and wrote all over it with little hearts, which was amazing. Uh, Best card I ever received. And yeah, so that was pretty cool. On to the next stuff I got. I got the Deadpool Commendum number two. I think there's like seven or eight of them, but they have just a shitload of uh, the Deadpool comics kind of in them in a graphic novel. I have the first one, so I needed the second. Also got uh, the Twilight Zone uh, graphic novel that they just got released a couple years ago. I think there's only two out. I'm not sure if they're continuing the series, but got the first one of those. And also for graphic novels, I got Tales from the Crypt, the EC Archives, Volume 1. Now, this was amazing for me because it just got re-released in June. Before that, you could only find it for like 70 bucks, 65 bucks online, which is so much for a graphic novel. And they just re-released it because they're so popular, which I'm, I was so excited for. And now I have it, so I can't wait to read it. And I'll probably uh, rate some of the stories. I think Dan actually might have, uh, from Pop Culture Convo, has a whole podcast where he rates and reviews... Oh, he has a different one, though. He doesn't have Volume 1. So, boom. You have to listen to both of us. But I got that. Also got a pop uh, screen or pop filter for my microphone and a new mic arm for my Yeti mic. Love it. Love it. And got some Coors Banquets and Risk. So, I got some cool shit this birthday. And I'm just happy about it. Thought I'd share that stuff with you guys. Maybe I'll put it all together, take a picture, put it on the... Instagram page for you guys to see and swoon over because it's all amazing. But yeah, I think that was pretty much it for my birthday weekend. Um, I had a good time in the States. Always love visiting you guys out there. And yeah, hopefully I'll get back. Get back soon. I just love how cheap the beer is. And the Coors banquets you guys have are in little bottles that are just amazing. It reminds me of the movie Strange Brew. Canadian movie. Hilarious. Not very scary. Just good. If you haven't seen Strange Brew, watch Strange Brew. But that does it for me talking about my birthday. I'm so selfish. What am I doing? Let's just jump into our horror fix. So I really don't have very much to talk about on the horror fix today, but I'm going to start it off with uh, that the Goosebumps trailer was just released, and I've been waiting for this forever. I mean, right when I found out they're making a Goosebumps movie, my standards were set right to the roof. But I knew they'd have to make some compromises. I mean, my ideal Goosebumps movie would be a rated R version where everything was just getting ripped apart, murdered by all these crazy monsters. That's not going to happen, obviously. It's going to be geared towards kids, but it does look pretty good. So I'm very excited to see this. Uh, If you haven't checked out the trailer, I'm pretty sure I shared it, but... um, It looks like there's only a couple of actors that I did know. Of course, Jack Black, who plays R.L. Stein. And then I always forget her name, but she was in the office and she played a love interest of Michael Scott and she was the blonde, she was blonde and, ah, what is her name? I don't remember her name. You guys can look that up, but she's in it. And then there's a couple no-name actors as kids, unless they're 
big name in Nickelodeon or something. I don't know. Nickelodeon. What the hell? I'm dating myself. Uh, okay, back to the trailer. In the the plot line for this movie, if you haven't heard, it's um has these kids end up going into R.L. Stein's house because one of the kids, the neighbors, hears the daughter of R.L. Stein like screaming, and he thinks, I guess, that R.L.'s molesting her or something. He's like, oh, we got to save her. And so they go in there, and they go to the basement, find all these original goosebumps with locks on them. And, of course, if you're a kid, you're going to be stupid and unlock them because you're idiots. And they somehow release the monsters from inside of the Goosebumps books. And they release all of them. So they're all in the real world. I guess shit just goes down. Now, I was trying to think of a, a good comparison for this movie. And my girlfriend came up with the perfect one. And it looks a lot like a scarier, I guess, Jumanji. And it just seems perfect to me. So that's kind of what I'm expecting, that type of movie. But... The graphics look amazing. I mean, there's going to be a lot of CGI. Now, normally I'm a little bit opposed to CGI, but it looks really good, and I'm probably going to see this in, like, 3D if it's in 3D and in the biggest possible screen I can find. So I am just want to be fully immersed in this Goosebumps, all these crazy-ass monsters coming out. But, yeah, then they have to kind of figure out a way to get all these monsters back into the books. So I like the plot line. I think there's not really much you could do if you're doing, like, a a kids movie and I don't really care about the story I just want to see the monsters <laughs> I don't get I really don't give a crap I just want to see what they're going to do with this movie so I was so excited to see this and I'm going to be the fucking first one in line maybe I have to sleep overnight get the first ticket go in there by myself have some nightmares I don't know I guess we'll see but if you haven't checked out that trailer make sure you check out the Facebook page I believe I shared it on there and watch it because it looks amazing. Now, some sadder news. Um, Satoru Iwata, or Iwata, Iwata, I can't say his name. He was the president of Nintendo. He died over the weekend, and it's just a real bummer. I mean, he produced hundreds of classic Nintendo games. Like, I don't want to list them all, but some of my favorites, of course, Super Smash Brothers, uh, the Pokemon Stadium games, Animal Crossing. I mean, he was amazing, and of course he died on my birthday, which kind of a bummer. I mean, brings a little little tear to your eye on your birthday. It's, it's sad, you know? I mean, you grow up playing Nintendo games, get real close, and then to have the president die so young, 55, it's just sad. So sad. But I don't want to be a bummer, so let's all pay our respects by just playing some of the classic Nintendo games, Kirby games, Super Smash Brothers, probably the best one to play. Play with a bunch of your friends. That's the way you pay respects to a legend. Now, for the very last thing in the rate and review, I just wanted to talk about a uh, possible Mr. Mercedes television show. I mean, they got a director and everything. They're, I guess, figuring out the cast. But Mr. Mercedes is the first book in a three-book series that Stephen King re- or has started releasing. There's two of them out now because Finders Keepers just got released um, July, beginning of July. Um, and they're fucking amazing. I've listened to them on audiobooks, listened to Mr. Mercedes, the first one, on audiobook twice, and they're just amazing. I, I know I overused that word, but what else can I use for a just almost perfect book. The first one is probably perfect. Finders Keepers, I didn't like as much, but I still thoroughly enjoyed it. But that's a little tease for our rate and review. We're going to have a double rate and review today, and that'll be Mr. Mercedes and Finders Keepers. But back to the television show, the director they have is Jack Bender. If you don't know who Jack Bender is, he's directed some of the greatest shows. Like He's at least been a part of some of the shows, like four episodes of Sopranos, two episodes of Game of Thrones, like, I, I should just stop there. But more of his recent stuff is, like, um, Lost and Under the Dome. Both shows I've watched. Uh, I haven't completed Lost or Under the Dome. I watched, like, the first half of both. But loved him. I mean, doesn't I don't even have to mention that he did Child's Play 3, right? Child's Play 3. <laughs> Good old Chucky. But as long as he's directing... I don't think there's going to be a problem. And Stephen King's even going to write for some of the um, episodes, I believe. He at least has writing credits on IMDb, which is perfect because you want the vision to kind of be what Stephen King laid out. He obviously wrote the books. So I just hope it's good, and I hope it gets made because it's a story that needs to be told. And a lot of people don't like uh, reading books. 
I love reading books, but while I'm at work, I can't read them. So audiobooks are a good alternative, and I would highly recommend uh, the audiobooks because. Oh, who read them? Uh, Will Patton. He uh, reads both the books, Finders Keepers and Mr. Mercedes, and he'll be reading the third one, I can only assume. And his voice is amazing. I mean, he's just my favorite. So hopefully this show gets made. I don't know if it will. Uh, I'm really hoping so. But if not, I'll just keep listening to the audiobooks over and over again. And then I'll have to buy the hardcovers when, when I find them. Hopefully thrifting. That's where I find most of my books because they're cheap. And thrifting is amazing. But that does it for the horror fix this week. Um, let's let's start going on an adventure, shall we? We're going to be reading again from Can You Survive the Zombie Apocalypse by Max Brallier. And if you didn't listen to the first episode, um, you should probably listen to the, to the first How to Survive the Zombie, or Can You Survive the Zombie Apocalypse episode, because I read like the first eight pages or whatever. But... I'm not going to reread them here. It just kind of sets the tone. I'll just do a little summary. So you wake up, you get to work late, of course. You're kind of a slacker-type character. Uh, You play a male, I believe. So you get to work, kind of mad at your boss. He's a douchebag. He seems like an asshole. And then all of a sudden, a secretary bursts in saying how shit's going down on the television. She turns it on, and you see fucking people eating each other. And you're like, oh, fuck, zombies. So in the last, that's pretty much where it begins. And then you make your first decision here. And the three choices were uh, taking a taxi, um, running 12 blocks to take the subway to go to Brooklyn. And then the last one is going back to your apartment. So the first time we took the taxi and it did not end well for us, but I guess there's many scenarios after deciding to take a taxi, but we're not going to go there. We're going to go back to our apartment. So set the tone here. We're at the office. Find out there's fucking zombies. We're like, let's get back to the apartment and plot our next move. So here we go. Home, you think. That's the best bet. Has to be. Familiar, safe, secure, You alternate between walking and jogging through streets quickly turning explosive. It's a miserable 30-block hike to your apartment. You keep your eye open for a cab. Nothing. All full. You get to your building a half hour later, soaked in sweat. Up the five flights of stairs to your apartment, through the door, slam it shut and collapse against it, exhausted. God, it feels good not to be moving. Sweat bleeds through the back of your shirt and the fabric sticks to the door. You close your eyes. Breathe, slowly, in through your mouth, out through your nostrils, calming. You open your eyes. Your apartment looks strange, feels just slightly off. Something about being home at a time when you weren't expecting to be, like a stranger in your own space. A mouse skitters across the floor. Son of a bitch. So that's what goes on while you're at work? Yeah, well, that's what you get for leaving the Ray's Famous box out with a half a slice of pepperoni and sausage left. You stand up and flip on the local news. A bunch of images of random chaos. No real reporting. Just people blabbering. Clueless. No one has any real idea of what's happening, but they're paid to talk. People loot a corner store in the West Village. Shit, you should stock up. You've got about five edible things in your apartment right now, and that's including the month-past-to-date carton of eggs and half-bottle of black velvet. Jack Daniel's cheaper, shittier cousin. You look over again at the half slice of pepperoni and sausage and quickly throw it in the fridge. You grab your keys and head for the corner bodega. It's packed. You realize suddenly that you're in survival mode. You have a vague sense of what to do from watching a lot of bad disaster movies. You navigate the narrow aisles grabbing the essentials. Batteries, frozen pizzas, a glass candle with a smiling opened arm Jesus on the front, ramen, beer, lots of beer. It's getting ugly, people shoving grabbing for what they need, even if someone else already happens to be holding it. The Korean guy who runs the bodega threatens to close the doors unless customers form a motherfucking line. You grab all you can carry, pay, and leave. Outside, it's getting nastier. People rushing about, like a great storm is on the way and everyone's racing to get to shelter. Hands full, you take the stairs up to your apartment as quickly as you can. Your building is usually empty. More often than not, you come and go without seeing anyone. Not today. People in the hallways, some coming, most going, all moving quickly with frantic yet steady purpose. You lock your apartment door behind you, both locks. Your phone's ringing, the speed theme. 
dun 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 dun. You walk in just in time to hear the triumphant bass finale. You look at the display. You see your mom's big smiling face. Great. Do we want to ignore the call and start pounding beers? Then turn to page 190. If you want to answer mom's phone call, turn to page 225. I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling some motherfucking beers. Let's turn to page 190. You let it go to voicemail. Sit down, pop open a bottle of Coors, and turn on the TV. Just gotta stop for a second. This guy's drinking Coors. I fucking like it. Back to the story. Your mind is entering full denial mode now to combat the stress of the past hour. You quickly flip channels. Can't handle any more news. Thank God for DVR, man's great contribution to society in the 21st century. You put on some early Simpsons. Oh, gotta stop again. This guy's fucking awesome. He drinks Coors and watches early season Simpsons. That's a good shit. Back to the story. Your pacifier. Relaxing. You drink more. The phone rings two more times. You turn it off. You go through the beers like they're water. Well, not quite like water. You never drank seven bottles of water in an hour. Empty bottles pile up beside you. You begin playing basketball with them, tossing the empties into the sink violently, just asking for one to shatter. Finally, one does, splashing glass across the counter and onto the floor. Sirens outside, non-stop. Some right out front. Some pass in the distance. It's a nightmare. You keep drinking. Drink enough maybe you'll wake up from the nightmare. The sun is setting, casting an eerie orange light through the window and into the apartment. You're hammered now, but the gnawing feeling, the fear, just won't leave. You need something else, not beers. Something prescribable. You go to the bedroom, root through your ex-girlfriend's stuff. She moved out two months ago and hasn't come back to collect it. You find a fat plastic bag stuffed with her pills. Various blue and white and pink pills to deal with anxiety and depression. You grab the bottle that reads Alprazolam. You then unscrew the top and dozens of little blue ones pop out. Xanax. Bingo. Instant relaxation. This is way out of character, you think to yourself, as you toss four into your mouth and raise the bottle of Coors. But well, it seems like the world's falling apart, and as long as you've been alive, that's pretty out of character for the world. So, blam! You cough, spitting out the pills, and jump about a mile into the air. The bottle drops and the little blue-gray pills scatter out across the wood floor. You mentally check your pants for shit. All clear. Gunshot. That was a fucking gunshot. You try to wrap your head around that. You tiptoe to the door. You press your head against it and listen. You can just barely make out a low moaning sound. You grab a hockey stick from your closet, an old beat up thing you found laying in the trash one day and figured, you know what, shouldn't go to waste. You squint out the peephole, which you realize you've never really used before. Nothing there. Stick in hand, you carefully open the creaky door and step out into the hall. You see her immediately, a woman lying in the corner by the stairs, on her side, face down, blood on the wall behind her. You recognize her, old lady from down the hall. That rent control bitch you used to call her. Third day you lived in the apartment you had some friends over. Went pretty hard at it late into the night. Next morning, that rent control bitch was knocking at your door, saying something about she's been in this building 40 years and never heard such a racket so late. How could you be so rude? Blah, blah, blah. You apologized, assured her it wouldn't happen again. Old bag. Never wanted her to die though. She howls with pain. You step over and kneel down. What happened, you ask softly. Stupid question. You heard the shot. Who shot you, you ask? Okay, more helpful question, but does sound pretty messed up. No response. Her eyelids flicker. She's fading fast. You notice the door to her apartment is slightly ajar. Fuck. You should run. You would run. Downstairs. Out to the street. Screaming and yelling. But there's nothing out there for you. No help. You could run back to your apartment. But then who knows? You could be next. Lying on your side bleeding out. Fuck it, time to man up. You tighten your hand around the stick and gently open the door to her apartment. Crack, crack! A bullet punches the wall behind you. Another rips through the hockey stick, splintering the top. You're staring at the shooter, a big dude, shirtless, tats all over, neo-Nazi type, pistol in hand and smoking. No time to think. You charge at him. He fires again and you feel the bullets buzz past your head. You swing the stick wildly and miss by a long shot. Your momentum carries you forward and you stumble. He fires another shot, misses. Something behind you breaks. You swing again, connect this time with his side. Fuck, dude's in shape, barely moved him. He cracks you on the top of the head with the butt of the gun and drops you to the ground. Any second now you expect to be shot in the back, but nothing comes. 
out of bullets? Heart pumping, scared to death, you grab him by the legs and pull him to the ground with you. You roll around for a moment, hands search, find his crotch, squeeze with everything you've got. You feel a ball, left nut. You squeeze harder. He shrieks, lashes out, lands two punches on your skull. Hurts like hell. You don't punch back. You know it won't do anything. Instead, you just roll away from him and grab the hockey stick and scramble to your feet. As he rises, you lunge forward with the stick. You're aiming for his chest, but you miss. Instead, the splintered wood connects with his throat. He cries out, but his scream is cut short as you twist and push it through his flesh and into his larynx. There's a horrible cracking sound as the wood breaks his windpipe. You let go of the stick. He falls onto the floor, gurgling blood, squirting from his neck. You step back, panting like a dog, trying to catch your breath. You just killed a man. You just killed a man. You're shaking, weak in the stomach. Takes you a second to start thinking straight. You go to the bedroom to make sure he was alone. He was. Then you walk back out into the hall. You check the woman's pulse. Dead. You stand there, taking in the silence, trying to wrap your head around everything. You return to her apartment, doing your best not to look at the dead man on the ground. You search around a bit. Her kitchen is packed. Jesus, did this lady get groceries delivered by the ton or what? She's stalked. Not surprising though, she was old as hell. Probably couldn't do her own shopping. She probably had some delivery service set up, come once a month. Jackpot, you think. If this zombie thing plays out like the movies, you're going to need food. And there's enough stuff here to live for months if you're careful. But first, you need to get rid of these bodies. You stand over the old lady, don't want to touch her, like a dead animal in the road. You just want to keep walking, but you can't. You close your eyes and grab the old lady by the ankles, then drag her into her apartment and lock the door behind you. You take a seat at the old lady's couch. It's covered in that weird heavy plastic, like the couch at your grandmother's place in the assisted living home. Lady has a decent new flat screen TV and DVD player that looks like it's never been touched. Two DVDs still in the packaging sit on top of her player. The Sound of Music and the Best of Victor Borge. You flip on the TV. Every station is zombies. Unconfirmed reports. Only been two hours, but the mayor has already declared a state of emergency. Details are sketchy at the moment. Religious groups. Scientists. Scientologists. Secure all residences with windows locked and secured. You turn the TV right back off. You open the window and drag the lady over. For an old broad, she's damn heavy. You get her halfway out, then she gets stuck, folded in half, legs and arms sticking out the window straight at you. You step back and assess. You use a broom to poke at her chest, trying to push her through. You give her a good hard whack and you hear her ribcage splinter. Shit, sorry lady. One more hard push and she falls through. You climb out onto the fire escape, hoist her up and toss her over the side. She falls six stories, then splat. The Nazi's next. You give him a kick on the side just to let him know one last time that he's a son of a bitch and you don't appreciate him shooting at you. With great effort, you drag him out, get him through, and toss him over the side. One last look at the bodies in the alley below, then back to the apartment. You lock the window and collapse on the couch. Jesus, it's not even noon. Now, do we want to do some exploring and see if anyone's still in the building? Turn to page 55. Or do we want to buckle down and hang tight? Turn to page 30. You know what? I'm feeling uh, rather adventurous, so let's do some exploring and seeing if anyone's still in the building. Turn to page 55. Well, might as well go around and meet the neighbors. You walk through the halls, going from door to door. No answer, no answer, no answer. Down to the next floor. You hear television coming from one apartment. Good television. Explosions. It smells like pot outside the door. You knock again. Nothing. Harder. You're about to give up when the door opens. Now it really stinks like pot. Smoke wafts out into the hall. It's a young guy, your age, in a bathrobe. Half a beard, big pair of headphones around his neck. He sticks his head out and looks both ways. Yo. What's up, you say? I don't know. You knocked. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I wanted to see if anyone was still alive around here. I've had a hell of a day. Huh? You know, with all this shit. What shit? You didn't see the news? News? Nah, bro. I've been sitting here for the past... He looks over at a cheap Mets alarm clock. Shit, like nine hours just getting ripped and playing Call of Duty. You didn't hear those gunshots? What gunshots? All the gunshots and shooting and screaming, all that shit. Nah, I got a $490 pair of Sennheiser headphones. You play video games? You play video games, you'd love it. It's like you're in the middle of friggin' Afghanistan, no joke. 
I spend like three grand on this sick surround sound system, then that old lady upstairs bitches every time I crank it. Oh yeah, that's the old lady next to me. The dead old lady, you think? Yeah, total bitch, right? So anyway, I shut down the surround sound system and went with the headphones. You nod slowly, then okay, so, uh, dude, fucking zombies are all over the place. He looks at you like you've lost your mind. Hell, maybe you have. Bro, what the fuck are you talking about? You eat some bad acid or something? Mushrooms? Is it mushrooms? You wanna come in, lay down, take a few pills? You know, chill out? You shrug and nod, then walk inside. Holy shit. His apartment is out of this world. 50 inch flat screen on the wall, Blu-ray rack with at least 100 titles, PS3, 360, Wii, old school Nintendo, old school Super Nintendo, N64, Sega, Sega CD, everything. Two bedrooms, full kitchen. How do you afford this? You a cop? What? No. You sure? Because if I ask if you're a cop and you say I'm not a cop, then you can't arrest me for anything I do after that. I'm not sure that's true, but no, I'm not a cop. Then follow me, he says, grinning. As you enter one of the bedrooms, you see how he makes his money. Rows and rows of marijuana plants everywhere, accompanied by bright white grow lamps. Holy shit, this has been going on in my building this whole time? Yes, yeah, son, you blaze. Well, shit, I do now. So what were you saying about zombies? Wait, yo, is that blood on your shirt? Your hands? Yeah, I just killed a Nazi. You what? Dude, this apartment's amazing. How do you turn on the TV? He picks up a beautiful Logitech Universal remote and switches to cable. Horror in high def. He watches, stunned. He shuts off the TV, slowly, not speaking. He sits down and stuffs a good $20 worth of pot into a massive glass bong. He lights it and draws deep. He exhales thick, almost green smoke. Then, still silent, he hands it to you. You take it, three-piece design, all glass on glass, no rubber to muck anything up. In green letters running down the side is the word Ruer, as nice a piece as you've ever seen. Nearly three feet tall, probably seven pounds in your hands. Made in Germany. You remember that piece of trivia from your college days. Thick glass, ash catcher, diffused downstream to cool the smoke. You rip the bong, feel the smoke fill your lungs, then explode in a coughing fit. You hand it back. His name's Maddie, he says, but call him Ardle. Everyone calls him Ardle. The Ardle runs his fingers over the enormous Blu-ray collection and pulls Starship Troopers. He pops it on, the bass rumbles. Minutes into the movie, you're so stoned, so lost in the action, you momentarily forget about the chaos outside. Man, you say, this movie's not just so bad it's good, it's so bad it's amazing. The Ardle turns his head through a cloud of smoke what? No way, man. It's legitimately good. Dude, are you watching this? It's ridiculous. Nah, bro. You're missing it. It's all social commentary about mankind and the war and mindless violence and shit. I don't know, man. I think it's just an excuse for co-ed showers and big guns, shooting bugs, and getting Doogie Hauser back on screen. Nah, dude. Social commentary. That makes it good? Yeah. I mean, yeah, social commentary automatically makes stuff good, I think. There, he shouts, pointing at the screen. See those tattoos they're getting? Just like the Nazis, man. Just like the Nazis. Huh? You take another bong hit. You squint at the screen and nod slowly as you exhale. I killed a Nazi today. Right, that's what up. With a burst of energy, he sits on the edge of the couch and faces you. You killed a Nazi, and now here we are. Just like this. It all makes sense now. You get me, right? And you do. You get him. You continue watching the film with a newfound marijuana-induced respect for it. When it ends, you leave, but not before asking to borrow some pot. Borrow as in smoke and never give back. The Ardle does you one better and gives you a sandwich bag of weed plus your own plant. You carry it to your apartment like a baby. You put it out on the window and name it Audrey the Third then spend the next two days in a haze, smoking constantly and watching Audrey grow, all while trying not to think about reality. Then, the power goes. You go to the window. It shuts in large chunks, block after block going dark. Immediately, you think about the effect this will have. You'll have to change the way you're eating. Anything that'll go bad, you'll have to eat now. Snack food, cereal, that kind of stuff, you'll save. A knock at your door. 
You grab the hockey stick, the splintered end still stained red with the Nazi's blood, and tiptoe to the door. You peer through the peephole. Phew, the Ardell. You open the door. Yo, man, I just saw the power went, he says. Yup, didn't take long, huh? Nope, I got a solar hookup. Keeps the pricks from Con Ed from realizing how much energy I'm drawing from my business. You want to stay with me for a while? You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd love to crash on the couch. It'll be 100 degrees in here without the AC. No prob, Holmes. So you stay with them. It's like college again. You spend your days smoking pot and playing video games. Weeks go by, each day running into the next. Yeah, it's actually just like college. You'd forgotten how quickly time passes when you're high off your ass all the time. After a month or so, you help him carry his flat screen up onto the roof. You take extension cords from a few abandoned apartments and run cables through the window. You find two beach chairs in the basement and haul them up there too. You spell out help in empty beer bottles. When you have to go piss, you piss in them. Keeps them from getting blown over by the wind. The roof is your new home. During the days, the two of you play video games and watch movies. The Ardles got a BB gun. You alternate between blasting away at pigeons and shooting at the zombies on the street below. The zombies are surprisingly not as fun. The BBs just don't register. It's a cool, breezy afternoon when they come. You're napping, soaking up the sun when you hear a loud mechanical howl above you. Your eyes snap open. You're staring up at the belly of a massive military helicopter. It hovers, kicking shit up all around you. Magazine pages flip, an empty Mountain Dew can is thrown off the ledge, then a ladder drops. Rescue has come, but do you even want it? Do we want to ignore the helicopter and keep hanging out? After all, this is sort of paradise. Then turn to 283. If you want to climb the ladder and leave with the military, go to page 85. Well, it seems pretty ballin' up here on the roof, so I think I'm gonna chill here and go to page 283. Guess our saviors have arrived, the Ardle says. Yeah, I guess so. Fun while it lasted. Yee. Yeah. You thinking what I'm thinking? I might be, he smiles. You stand up, walk around to a good angle at the front of the helicopter. We're good, you shout, waving your arms. We're good. No way they can hear you above the roar. After a few minutes, though, they seem to get the message. The ladder is pulled up and the helicopter flies away, headed downtown. Game of Madden, the Ardle asks. You return to your beach chair. Death. The end. Ah, that was pretty quick. For shits and gigs, let's go and see what would have happened if we got on the helicopter. I left my finger on the page. I left my finger on the page. We can still do it. You stare at the ladder, then look over at the Ardle. He shrugs. You shrug back. You first, you say. He thinks for a long moment. Nah, nah. You go. I gotta stay with my plants. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Definitely? This could be our only chance. He nods. Definitely. Alright then. I'll see you around. You bet. You clench fists, give each other tender man hugs, and you begin climbing. The end. Well, I like the other ending better. Huh. Shit, that, we're only like 35 minutes in. This podcast is going to be a lot shorter than I anticipated. Last time I read one of these, it took forever. But look, we didn't die. We didn't die, guys. Yes. Hooray for us. So I guess this was more successful than last time. I mean, that, that story wasn't very uh, gory or anything. Um, but I guess we didn't die, so that's a positive. Next time I do this, we're going to have to go into the thick of it. I'm going to start making some brass decisions, crazy decisions, maybe run into a zombie or two. But there's probably like 80, 90 more scenarios left in that book, so I'll probably read a few more of those upcoming. But yeah, overall, I'll give that story like 7 out of 10, I guess, because it was good, because we had fun, right? We had lots of fun, but not much zombie stuff, right? I don't know. I love this book, though. I need to read more of it. I guess I'll do that for you guys in a couple couple more episodes, but uh, yeah, that does it for the story portion of this episode. Let's get into my double rate and review. I'm so excited for this one. Uh, here we go. So for this episode's rate and review, I'll start by rating and reviewing Mr. Mercedes and then Finders Keepers, which is the sequel to Mr. Mercedes. 
So if you haven't heard about Stephen King's Mr. Mercedes trilogy or whatever they refer to it as, it kind of revolves around this detective Bill Hodges, but I'll kind of paint the picture for you. Um, The book begins with a mass killing of just a bunch of people at a job fair. A Mercedes comes in. This is the first chapter. They just go right into the fucking shitstorm. And a Mercedes comes and just plows through a bunch of people, killing about eight of them, injuring countless others. And then it kind of opens with Bill Hodges, Detective Bill Hodges, who is a retired detective, obviously. I just said detective like seven times. But he gets this uh, a piece of mail from the Mercedes killer, which he is referred to as. And it's fucking creepy as fuck. And it just uh, kind of, it's a big story. It revolves around that mainly, just the Bill Hodges. He's a kind of a suicidal detective since he quit the force. He has no meaning in his life. And this letter has rekindled his love for law enforcement, and it's given him a reason to live, which is kind of the opposite of what Mr. Mercedes intended to do. He uh, He's very manipula- manipulative, and he likes to harm people. He likes especially when people commit suicide uh, with his push. So the whole story revolves around that. Uh, some characters, uh, my favorite character is probably Jerome. He is Detective Hodges's like friend, and he's just a teenager down the street that does lawn work for him and stuff. But he's this black character that'll like just all of a sudden go into an, a persona of like a racial slave. Like <laughs> it's hilarious. It's funny. Like it's not racist. I don't think, but it's it's a it's a good impersonation, especially when it's read by um, Will Patton. Oh, his voice is just so funny for it. But throughout the story, there's some love interests, some murder, some deceit. Actually, not really much deceit. Eh, maybe some deceit, but it's just fuck. It's so good. Um, I definitely recommend the audio book. Um, the Mercedes Killer is out for blood again. He's told um, Detective Bill Hodges that he doesn't have to satisfy the urge again, but for some reason he wants to be in contact with Bill Hodges. So they kind of chat on, on this uh, website called Under the Blue Umbrella or Under the Purple Umbrella. I'm already forgetting shit. This is my memory for me. But yeah, so they're in contact through that way, and the Mercedes killer has had a fucked up childhood, and they slowly go back in time and see what happened when he was a kid. And he murdered his brother, supposedly. You find out how that all transpired later in the book. And I don't know, all the characters are awesome, especially the main character, um, Brady Hartsfield. He's the Mercedes killer, and he's just so fucked up. I mean... I don't know how Stephen King comes up with these characters, but I don't know. This is one of the the best antagonists I've ever read, and it's just so fucked up. The ending is the most satisfying ending, too. I don't know if I've ever been as satisfied by an ending. I won't tell you guys, obviously, but it's just so fucking good that you have to buy this book and read it or torrent the audiobook or something. So good. I cannot say better things about it. I gave it five stars on Goodreads. That's how much I liked it. But yeah, fucking... Oh, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about in this book. Um, Stephen King references his own work a few times. I mean, uh, it's kind of funny how he does it. He won't reference his books. It'll be more like the movie adaptations of his books. I mean, that probably connects with a bigger audience. But I guess if you're reading the book, then it won't. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing, but it made me laugh. So he, uh, from the perspective of Bill Hodges, he compares the Mercedes to something like that old Plymouth in that uh, horror movie. doesn't say Christine, but... It's Christine. And then uh, the Mercedes killer, while he's doing his joyride, he's wearing a clown mask, but not just any clown mask. It's Pennywise the Clown. So I thought that was a pretty pretty awesome uh, tidbit there. But then uh, near the end, he just references somebody wearing a shirt. And he said, oh, what was the name? Um, Judas Coyne. Judas Coin was the name. He's like um, a roadie was wearing an old Judas Coin shirt. And the name seems so familiar to me, but I couldn't put my finger on where it was. I thought it was from uh, Joe Hill's book, Heart Shaped Box, but I wasn't too sure. I knew the character was Judas something, but I was like, he wouldn't reference his son's book, would he? And he did. So Judas Coin is the uh, kind of protagonist in Joe Hill, his son, his son's book, uh, Heart Shaped Box, which was, I've talked about it on the podcast, an amazing book. So I thought that was a cool little Easter egg as well. And yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that one. 
but it's fucking awesome. So read it, buy it, listen to the audiobook. Just somehow get your hands on that. Some, somehow. I don't know how. Just do it. Do it. And hopefully they make that, like I said earlier in the episode, into the TV show because that would be so great. They even have like a, there's a little trailer for the book, which is funny. Um, it's like a three-minute trailer, and it's just the opening monologue of the letter that Bill or that Brady Hartsfield sends to Detective Hodges. It's not as good as the audiobook. It's kind of cool. You get all the images in the little video. You could probably just type in uh, Stephen King, Mr. Mercedes, and it's just kind of a promotional video. And yeah, do that on YouTube. But to get the real effects, listen to the audiobook with Will Patton because his voice is a thousand times creepier and better. His voices are astounding. And yeah, that's all I have to say about Mr. Mercedes. One of the best books I've ever read or listened to on audiobook. I'll probably buy the book on hardcover if I can find it thrifting. Yeah, I repeat myself a lot on this podcast. Deal with it. On to the next book on this double rate and review. Of course, the sequel to Mr. Mercedes, Finders Keepers, which they named it that because Detective Bill Hodges opens like a private detective agency called Finders Keepers. So that's pretty cool. But Bill Hodges, Jerome, and I didn't even mention this other character, Holly. She was in the first one. Um, but you have to find that out by reading it, obviously. Uh, don't want to give everything to you. They're not even in the book until like three quarters of the way through. But the two characters that it really s- circulates the story around are um, <clears throat> this the antagonist, Morris Bellamy, and this kid, Pete. I forget his last name, but his dad was um, horribly injured in the city center uh, killings from by Mr. Mercedes in the first book. So it was really cool to get that kind of perspective on that event from different angle. And it was also super messed up. The, uh, there's just this, they redo the scene from the city center where Mr. Mercedes killed all those people. And from the other perspective, there's a lot more descriptive powers of what's happening to everybody. So it's just fucking awesome, <laughs> awesome and messed up. But Morris Bellamy he is a, I guess, two-bit criminal, and then he's obsessed with this writer named John Rothstein. And John Rothstein is, in this book, he's this legendary writer who wrote these three, a trilogy called, like, The Runner. The Runner, and then The Runner Goes West, and then The Runner, I don't know, the third one's some shitty name, The Runner Blows Himself, something like that. And they're considered, like, a marvel of writing, like, the best writing in the century he was alive. I don't know. But they kind of go backwards from, I think it's the 70s and then present day, like 2010 or whatever, 2014. And it's fucking cool. But Morris Bellamy's obsession is taken to new heights because he finds out that um, Rothstein's been working on some personal writings, even though he's never going to release another book or something. And so he wants to break in and he really wants to steal these writings, but he knows that he also carries or keeps cash in the house, lots of cash in a safe. So him and these criminals break in and they fucking murder him like douchebags. One of the greatest minds of a generation wasted, wasted on all of you. But that's kind of how the book opens. I don't really want to tell you guys too much stuff because this book's also really great and I don't want to ruin too much for you guys. There's obviously been spoilers, but most of the spoilers are in the first two chapters of each book. So it's not really spoilers. It's more of like the synopsis that you read on the back just in more detail. But I'll just kind of try to keep this a little shorter for you guys. But it follows Pete and then uh, Morris Bellamy, who's a fucking crazy-ass motherfucker. But he's in prison for most of this. But how does he get to prison? I will not tell you that. You have to find out for yourself. But when he gets out, he look, he has to track down where these books are. And guess who has them? Little Pete. Pete has the books. I'm not going to tell you how he gets them. How he comes across them. That's for you. That's for you in the magic world of books. Audiobooks. Regular books. Anything. Yeah. Long story short, this book is fucking awesome too. I personally liked Mr. Mercedes more. But, you know what? With trilogies, it's always a little iffy. I've never been a fan of trilogies. But this one, I don't think I've ever been more excited to read a third book than this book that will be coming out hopefully next year. I want it to be out now. Oh God, how I want it to be out now. And why do you ask? Well, because there are two scenes in the book Finders Keepers where Detective Hodges goes and meets Brady Hartsfeld, 
That's right, the fucking Mr. Mercedes killer from the first one. He's in a sort of maybe mental hospital or something. I don't know. But they really set the tone that Brady Hartsfeld's going to be the antagonist for the third book, which is fucking crazy. Because I'm not going to tell you what happened to him in the first one, but it's fucking cray-cray. And the third book is set up to be... I think it could be one of the best Stephen King books in a long time, which is saying a lot because Mr. Mercedes was awesome. But I think this one is going to be so fucked up because it's like old school aspects of King. It's going to be other otherworldly, some maybe some powers. Hmm. Maybe Brady Hartsfeld has some magical, not magical, but some telepathic powers. I don't know. Maybe. That's what I observed. But I'm just, fuck, I want to read it so bad. So bad. So excited for it. So uh, Finders Keepers was amazing, but Mr. Mercedes was better. So if that's why you got to start with the first one. In all in all, I gave Mr. Mercedes uh, five stars on Goodreads. I gave Finders Keepers four stars because I'd like to give it like a four and a half, but I just think Mr. Mercedes was so good and just had to be a point higher than finders keepers i guess they need to really work on their rating system on goodreads horse shit horse shit but you know what i think that's all i have for today um i really hope those reviews weren't shitty i feel like they were shitty i don't know tell me if they were bad i feel like i just i was too excited i was just kind of rushing through stuff but you know what that's how I do it sometimes, you know? I didn't really prepare too much this for this episode. I probably should have prepared more because I wanted this episode to go longer than an hour, and it doesn't look like it is, so I'm just talking right now. It looks like I'm killing time. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, make sure you follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook. So facebook.com slash Podcast. Give us a like there. Um, on Instagram, brand new Instagram account, everybody. Make sure you follow it. It is past the time podcast or at past the time podcast i probably should have my twitter account be at past the time podcast but it's not it's at past the podcast so make sure you follow us on twitter as well and yeah that's pretty much all i have for you guys also uh give us a good rating on itunes guys come on no i haven't got a five-star rating on itunes in a while i know you guys love me and just go give me a little rate rate come on ah if not still like you guys But that does it for this episode. I'm going to take off. And like I always say, try not to have too many nightmares.